Hey y'all, this is Bree and I'm back again with another episode. So today's episode is just going to be an episode, um, just Bible study related episode that me and my husband, uh, we normally do on Saturday mornings. We get up and we just, you know, reflect on a, a Bible verse or, or, or a certain book in the Bible and we just talk about it. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. Um, God led me to the book of Matthew chapter um, four and... For those of you who are not familiar with the story of how Satan tempted Jesus, uh, that's written in in, um, in Matthew 4. So I'm not going to actually just share that story with you. Um, I know many of you probably um, are already familiar with that scripture, um, with that story. So for those of you who aren't, uh, I encourage you to go back to the book of Matthew chapter 4 and read about that story. Um, but today we're going to be um, mainly focusing on how Jesus displayed what it meant to be Christ-like in the midst of being tempted. So today we're going to be imagining what living like Jesus looks like in the midst of great temptation. Because I know many of you have been tempted in some type of way. If you haven't been tempted, you will be tempted, especially when you're referring to yourself as being a follower of Christ. Satan doesn't like that. He's going to find some type of way to tempt you to do the wrong thing. And um, so we must remember who we are. Uh, I know it can be easy to fall into temptation, but we must remember who we are and who we are called to be. And when I think of that phrase, I think about the word that comes to mind is identity. And by definition, the word identity means the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. And also, for example, when I think of the word identity, I think about um, our name. You know, your name is your identity. That's how people um, um identify you by your name, you know, your jobs. And, and, you know, no matter where you go, people call your name. That's how they identify you. But in Christ, we have a new name and we have a new identity. And the Lord says in Isaiah 43 that we are his servant. We have been chosen to know him, to believe in him and to understand that he alone is God. And that there is no other God. There never has been and there never will be. And I also like Ephesians chapter 2. It talks about the fact that we are God's masterpiece. And by definition, masterpiece is a work done with extraordinary skill. Like that's how God handcrafted us with extraordinary skill. Like God took his precious time with us. He took his precious time creating us. And also in Ephesians chapter two, he said, it says that God created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the things that he planned for us. Like that's how precious and valuable we are to God. And also in Matthew chapter 10, it says that we are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. And for those of you who don't know, sparrows are none other than birds. So God is saying in Matthew 10 that we are more valuable to him than a whole flock of birds. 
So I really, like I said, would like to encourage those out there who are listening, those who are being faced with temptation to remain and in, in abide in God and to remember your identity in that very moment, who you are and who you are called to be. Remember that because we're going to be uh, faced with temptation. Being a Christian, that doesn't exempt you from being faced with temptation. That Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's going to put some form of temptation in your path while you're working um, and walking out this Christian journey. So I encourage you to keep your eyes focused on God at all times. Abide in him. And like I said, remember who you are and remember your identity. And I'm going to end my portion of this podcast before I let my husband um, hop on. I'm going to end reading chapter um, Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 16. And it reads, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So I hope that that encourages you. I would like for my husband to go head on. He's going to be reading and, and, and bringing um, a word from the book of Acts. Hey, y'all. Um, I'll, be reading, God, I'll be reading the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 67. And as I was reading and studying the word of God, he gave me this title waiting on the right help to come. And, and then before I go into this word, I want y'all to just open up your hearts and mind unto the word of God and the words that I'm saying. Um, and just uh, reimagine in this time of reflection, simplifying your life can be when, how your life can be when you exercise uh, just the need and asking for help and embracing help that is available to you. <clears throat> um, the first half of, Acts chapter three, it talks about uh, how Peter and John was going into a temp- the temple uh, to pray for prayer service and how this, uh, this man was placed at the gate of beautiful, this lame man. He was um, lame from birth and how he was placed there to just beg for money. And uh, Acts chapter three, verse six, it talks about uh, how Peter and John um, encountered this man. Acts chapter three, verse six, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazareth, get up and walk. And I want to take you to the uh, book of um, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For ye know that grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through him he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor, that through that ye that ye through his poverty might be rich. Um, Jesus, um, it, even though he he was seated in heaven, uh, and God um, allowed him to come to uh, earth and to um, 
just bring salvation. Like Jesus had everything that, I mean, that you can ever imagine. He was rich in heaven. Uh, but God um, thought enough of us uh, to send Jesus here on earth and to put him in the womb of uh, Mary and for her to conceive. And um, you know, Jesus, even though he was a king, he wasn't born in a, in, in, a, in a palace. He was born in a barn. And that displayed uh, uh, the poverty and um, the poor, the, the, the poor uh, reflection of who, who Jesus was here on earth. And uh, here in the book of Acts chapter 3, we have a, a poor man begging, poor and lame man begging. And as uh, Peter and John encountered him, uh, the Bible says that the man eagerly looked at them and he eagerly looked at them like, all right, like either he wanted something or he, he or they was going to give him something. And uh, right then, Peter and John, they fixed their eyes up on that man. Like uh, he, the blind man can see that, hey, uh, that these men were, were, were not just ordinary men. But they had there was something different about them, and as they approached um, uh, the Peter and John approached the lame man. Um, Peter said, "I don't have any money," because uh, he knew the man was going to beg. He said, "I don't have any money, but I have something greater." And he said, "In the name of Jesus Christ, uh, the Nazareth, get up and walk." And instantly, uh, verse seven says, "Yeah, verse seven says." Uh, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankle were instantly healed and strengthened. Here, uh, immediately, they, they, they grabbed the man by the hand and he began to walk. And instantly, uh, with the power that God has given them uh, Holy, with, with the Holy Spirit, uh, they healed the man. And the man, I mean, was honest and he was humble enough to accept whatever that they had to give to him. And um, I want to take you to the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 31. And he, and he came and took her by the hand. He was talking about Jesus. And lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her. And she ministered unto them. Uh, Jesus here heals a, a little girl from a fever. And he just laid his hands on her. And as he uh, lifted, his, lifted his hands from her, uh, the fever that she had, immediately it healed her. And that right there allowed her to go and mention to others and tell them what Jesus has done for them. Just like the lame man, uh, he went into the, the, the gate uh, and he just uh, was all happy and excited. And he, he uh, was there with Peter and John as they walked through and, and, and said, look, I'm healed. Because everybody passed him, passed him by. Um, you know, I don't know if some gave him money or not, but, you know, they wasn't... Uh, uh, they knew he was lame, and nobody other than Peter John, you know, uh, prayed for him and uh, and wanted him to receive uh, the power of God and to to walk. And I I could imagine it was just shocking to those that that passed him by. It's like this man been been lame for from birth. I mean, now he's walking. I mean, what what is this? And what is this witchcraft or, or what? But no, he said, hey, look what Jesus done. And he healed me, and he was just excited just to tell about what God has done for him. And, you know, hey, that right there, you know, about God glory, you know, that that very instant moment. And, um, yeah, um, um, what I want to leave with uh, the listeners today, like, you, um, you know, 
as my mes- my message uh, was titled, uh, Wait on the Right Help to Come, you know, sometime, it, well, and I'm going to say sometime, it's important to just wait on the right help to come. Uh, like I said, this man was, um, he was lame from birth. And and even in the Bible, he said, hey, when Peter and John came, he eagerly, hey, he fixed his eyes on them. And when he, when he saw them, he knew uh, without a doubt. And his faith, even though he, I don't know, he, he wasn't saved or, or whatever, his faith that he had uh, to be healed, it came that very day. And he was able to uh, just uh, glorify God and tell others about God. And God can use anybody to, to uh, bring a message or anybody to, um, to display his, his work of art. And um, yeah, and sometimes, like I said, it's, it's just good to wait on God, you know, just be patient and just to uh, just learn about God and to know his ways in the midst of, of waiting. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a blessing in the end. So uh, just continue to wait on God. Continue to ask him to send you help. Sometimes God is not going to come hey, in the form of, of, of a God that we think. Uh, but uh, just like Peter and John, like that was God coming to that man to help them. So whatever help that God sent, sends your way, you know, accept it. Like, and, and just pray like, Lord, it's, if it's you, hey, uh, if you're doing something right now, Lord, hey, help me to receive it. Because we can all sometimes we can we can we can get so um, so 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 drawn away from the help uh, where whoever's coming to help us or whatever uh, form of God form that God sends us to help us, you know, that's our blessing. That, that's just what we need at the hour. So just continue to wait on God. Continue to pray. Continue to see God face in the midst of just waiting.